life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I had a weird experience today. Okay, this must involve your car. Well, actually, no, because I'm loving the car. I'm, okay, I, I don't I'm have glad. any. I don't have any updates other than I'm loving the car, and my son <laughs> is loving the car. My wife is loving the car. Yes, we should she talk is. about the fun drive we took this weekend. We should talk, we should about, talk that about that a little that. bit. But I had a weird experience because, as as we've mentioned, you and I mountain bike. We're mm-hmm. getting into it, and we're loving yeah. it. But I'm realizing my my involvement with mountain bikes, I think, is most people's involvement with cars. I don't do know mean? very much. I like to drive them. I enjoy my mountain bike. I look at mountain bikes that cost 10 times what my mountain bike costs, and I go, that must be really cool. I look at a Santa Cruz and go, is that like a Ferrari? What was that like to ride? Why is that so expensive? My bike cost one-tenth of that. Funny. You know? and then I, but, but I got a flat tire. Oh, you now, did? Now, on your ride? Uh, well, a couple, couple days ago. Okay. So on a car, if something breaks that's fairly simple, I'll just fix it. You just know what to do. On a bike, yeah. I took it into the bike store and went, can you fix this, please? Because <laughs> I just – I don't have the tools. I don't have the know-how. Funny. So I just realized I am – I think with mountain bikes, which I'm thoroughly enjoying, I am most people's connection to cars. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I'm just kind of using it. Don't have any idea how it works. Please make it work. I you know. uh, I'm I'm the same way with my Lyft drivers. I just spent the day in San Diego. Yeah, I feel like I'm commuting to San Diego from Salt Lake now. Just about, it's yeah. Very strange. But uh, I had the opportunity to meet the president or the vice president of Nissan Design mm. and the vice president of Infinity Design. Wow. Okay. Both these guys had the honor to meet them and hang out with them a little bit, and uh, pretty amazing. I mean, they just actually finished debuting the new Project 9, I think it's called, mm-hmm. from Infinity sure, yeah, yeah, at yeah. Pebble Beach. Came down to San Diego, and so I got to meet them. And yeah, back to the airport, day trip to San Diego. But I'm noticing <laughs> when you're driving around and you're with your Uber or Lyft drivers, yeah, yeah. you can tell who's into cars and who's not. Okay. And just who's into driving. And I'm, sure. I'm critiquing them silently in my mind like I critique somebody presenting you know, sure. on stage, sure, and you yeah, think, yeah. all right, don't put your hands in front of yourself and don't break the center plane and, you know, stop saying and ums and basicallys and all Those that are the kind key of stuff. Things. Don't fill the space. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm silently critiquing. I'm like, the on ramp, you've got go, go. You yeah. know, you've got yeah, space yeah. to go. Come on. Sure. And uh, it's pretty funny. So I'm, <laughs> and then I'm finding myself sort of. The, the cathartic when it comes back out is when I get home, get back in my car. I'm hammering the Jeep up the canyon. Sure, of course you were. Of course you were. <laughs> Just well, but- cruise control. I don't understand why nobody understands cruise control usage. For the, I don't get this. For the first time in my life, I have an excuse because I have a car with no cruise control. You do. But the number of times I want cruise control when I'm commuting in that car. In fact, that brings me back to something. So you and I <laughs> went on a drive this weekend. Yeah, yeah, you we took the talk Cayman. I took the Lotus, and Chance and his wife brought their Boxster. Yeah, yeah. My wife came, my son came. So it was six people, three cars. Divvied up, three cars. And we kept constantly switching. The only one that didn't drive was my son, for obvious reasons. Yes. He is seven. But he kept moving his little car seat booster to different fun sports cars. So I think he rode and talked the ear off of everyone. (laughs) Because that's what we he talked does. about planets. We talked about cows. Of course, you did. We talked of course about, you did. Absolutely. He you talked name it, man. completely. But I don't think you even heard this. Chance drove the Lotus. He'd never driven a Lotus Elise before. Nor had his wife. True. Actually. True, true. So he drove the Lotus. My wife drove the Lotus, which she loves. But she drove all three. It was interesting to hear her commentary going from your GTS to the Lotus mm-hmm. to their Boxster because it's mm-hmm. a prior gen Boxster. So there was so much great conversation going on. It was awesome. But I walked up to Chance when he finished driving the Lotus. Okay. And he's. He's every bit as tall or taller than we are. Yeah. But he got in there, yeah. you know, so he, he cracks the door open and he's just kind of sitting there. And I walked up and I said, okay, and? And he goes, yeah, I get it. Yeah. The same and, thing I say. And then, and then in the next <laughs> breath, he goes, but I wouldn't want to commute in it. And I was like, and I'm doing that too. We were talking about you and Chance was driving my car and then I was riding shotgun with him. We yeah, just, yeah. The conversation drifted to the Lotus again. I said, uh-huh. what, honestly, what did you think? Yeah, We've yeah, got yeah. time. And he really liked it. And yeah. we talked about all the things you and I do about, you know, the, the Porsche being so great for road trips. And, certainly, certainly, yeah, absolutely. You know, then it switches gears and uh-huh. it really does transform in it's front amazing. of your eyes. And then I said, 
you know, Todd drove that back from California. He said, no way, man. No way. It's like, he did it. It was brutal. I was, it was in, hard on you. I was in your GTS at one point with my wife. And we both, she'd been driving the Lotus a lot. We both were sitting here going, this car feels enormous. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. But the Cayman the GTS feels enormous. The steering wheel feels huge. I've got all this space. It's very quiet. I'm like, what is this luxury vehicle by comparison? <laughs> it's and it's just comparatively. That's the thing so that's so funny. ridiculous about it. But it was very fun. Yeah, the, the drive was great. I mean, it was kind of the first of our little everyday driver family. We were only missing Edgar in his mm-hmm. S2000. True, true, true. That would have been nice, but... Uh... By the way, while we're mentioning this, I should I should call out, the muscle biker wrote to us on Instagram and said that he saw <gasps> yes. us. Yes. We, we were at one point, yes. and here's the story behind that. At one point, we were shooting some stuff, and you had put one of our license plates on the back of your car, but you'd mm-hmm. only gaffer taped it. Sometimes we, we bolt them to the car, but this was like two shots, so just we just to, yeah. stuck some gaffer Quick tape deal. to it. And then, of course, when you know on the last shot, the license plate came off. So we had to find it on the road. So we had pulled off the road, and I was pulling on the license plate out of the middle, literally the middle of the street. And this group of like six uh, sport bikes goes by on this amazing road. And one of the guys gave me like a, a high sign as he went by. I was like, hey, how are you? Turns out that guy absolutely recognized us, and he wrote to us on Instagram and just said, "Hey, it was me. It was in the canyon. It was cool to see you guys." So that was fun. So one big shout out to you, real quick, because I was a surprise. I just was like, "Hey, cool. It's a nice biker, and he's seeing nice cars." Yeah, yeah. But he totally. actually was like, "I know who that is," which is even so cooler. funny. Well, thank you guys for uh, for filling in uh, while I was gone. Yeah. I was down yeah, in San Diego last week. Like I said, remember how I commute to San Diego mm-hmm. now? It's gotten very strange, but it's going to end now. I'm going to start commuting to San Francisco instead. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so while I was there, mm-hmm. I met a fan of the show, and I'm giving him oh, yeah, yeah. a shout-out as well. Dr. R, he's an emergency room physician mm-hmm. in San Diego. Couldn't be nicer. We bonded over having the Cayman GTS because he also has one, but he's a rare enthusiast because he also has an 06 Lotus Elise he bought brand new. That is nuts. He's had it 11 years. He owns privately both the cars you and I own collectively. Yes. Yes. So he emailed us and said, hey, guys, you know, I own both the cars. I listened to you. I got the full story. He is listening to us, and right now when he's – you know, off work, he met me after having two hours of sleep. He was on some <laughs> crazy long shift, which I I admire. I cannot do this. Yeah. I admire you physicians and you doctors no and nurses kidding. and healthcare providers yeah. of all types. Well, and we've talked about your You're fantastic tolerance for, uh, for all things medical. That. Yeah. Because I said, please don't start using words on me that you do at work. And he's like, okay, I'll just I'll just make very much <laughs> tone it down. generalities of, of things. But he was telling me about the story of his car and how it came to be, okay. and he got the, one of the last order slots and built it out. For the GTS, yeah. For the GTS. And I had to laugh, and I told him I'm going to bring this up on the podcast, okay. and he's laughing now because okay. I told him the new thing, you know, how we worry about, you know, did I have buyer's remorse for actually sure. buying the car? Yeah, yeah. This is in a whole different league now. Okay. Because the remorse comes in, did I buy the right options from Porsche? Did I oh, check the kidding. right boxes? He and his son, his 10-year-old son, actually okay. sit there. They do this. They pull up the Porsche website Uh-oh. and check stuff off and think, oh, what if we spec it like this? This is the terrible oh, thing about configurators. Like and so he was actually, for real, losing sleep over his decision whether to get the <laughs> manual transmission or the PDK. This is the new, Wow! did I do it right? I mean, he woke yeah. up in the middle of the night going, did I order the right thing? Am I going to be happy? How do oh I know? Gosh. Did I check the right boxes? Oh, my gosh. He got the, the Burmester stereo, yeah, yeah, yeah. the seats that are... Amazing, eighteen-way, the, yeah, crazy. the huge ones. I will say this though: if you <laughs> own, just, we had the we had a half-hour discussion on just that's hysterical. This that's absurd, but it was hysterical. hilarious. I will say this though: if you own an 06 Elise in your garage, there's absolutely no reason to not get the PDK and the Cayman. Yes, and I told him, I said, that's your out. Absolutely. When Absolutely. You, you've got the Elise, but nobody else has this. Nobody mm-hmm. else has those no, two cars. That's an insane garage. I love it. It's I love it, but unbelievable. it's insane. Yeah. And that's the two fun cars in addition to the daily stuff. Oh, of course and, he does. Because you know, his wife well, drives. But this and, is the payoff for being an ER doc, because oh, the rest yes. of your life is madness. Absolutely. And they work hard. His wife's a dermatologist. Man, oh, man. They are working hard, but you know what? They're they're reaping the rewards. And It's cool that they're listening. Dr. Thank R, you so much. Thank you again. I had a great time hanging with you. He bought me a glass of 18-year-old Glenlivet. Wow. Yeah, it was good. Things that are lost on me. It was so great. Was, we just talked cars. There was a comment this week great. on the Lotus piece <laughs> where somebody said, 
I, I'd actually never seen this sentence, but I started laughing. Somebody said on the Lotus piece, they made a comment about my, my road trip piece, and they said, Todd, you have way too much bare arm. Please get a watch. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical because, of course, all we all car guys are supposedly supposed to love watches. Right. I just don't care. But anyway, so what it was very kind funny. of watch would you have? He if made you a had recommendation. A watch? I don't know. I don't know. Would it be the Apple Watch? I mean, I don't would know. it be tech? My wife has a joke about me having a watch. Okay. There's a company called Clock Two. It's clock, but instead of a C at the front, it's a Q at the front. This is not an endorsement, by the way, but it does make me okay, laugh. I have to look this clock up. Two. Clock Two. Look it up. It's actually written out, but Clock Two. This is a clock. That is entirely done with words, and you can get it in watch form. Oh, I see this. And her comment to me is, because the reason my son speaks constantly is because he has me for a father, and I'm not <laughs> far behind. I just am at least aware of social situations where I should probably be quiet. I'm not always quiet, but I probably should be quiet. My son is seven and doesn't have an awareness of that yet. So he no, will he talk doesn't. constantly. He's still not really figured out the volume thing yet. Either. No, that's the thing I don't understand. He has <laughs> no awareness of volume. But uh, yeah, but here's he's, the thing. He's a cute Because kid. I speak so much and because I use just wall of words, my wife is like, if you ever wear a watch, we have to get you a watch that actually has words instead of numbers on it. Mm. So that's her joke is that I should have this clock to watch. It's Q-L-O-C-K. Yes. Yes. This is cool. They have it in copper. It's Don't get me wrong. It's cool. It spells it out. It is half past eight. Exactly. But in since, words. I know. And it's an incredibly cool design. It's incredibly cool design. And I have to laugh at her for, for she's absolutely right. That is a watch that I would wear just for the funny of it. But they're very expensive. And I, I have a <laughs> clock on my phone. This I'm is fine. awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, so, well, Should we do yeah. some car debates, maybe? We we're, should We're off in the weeds, but it's fun anyway. We have two great car debates tonight. We've got Simon writing in from L.A. with a hysterical story about a move he just made and a car he now needs. And Mark writing in from Santa Cruz, uh, and he's got some questions about, like, classic cars. This is uh, going to be fun. That's going to be interesting. And some great questions from you guys, many of those to cover as well. Yeah, agreed. Well, we've got Simon, as Todd said. He's out in L.A. He's been listening and watching for all of our content for about two years. That's cool. Thank you. Just moved slightly inland from Santa Monica into the valley. Mm -hmm. And he says, one of the funnier lines I've read so far, I have a three-car garage with I'm in a race with to fill before my wife fills it with life stuff. That's what happens. She's <laughs> going to put in shelves and you're going to have storage. All of a sudden it's going to be like, wait, I just had it. But there was going to be a- I could have parked oh. right here. I could have had a- yeah. oh. So the cool part about this is I've never come across this before. Mm -hmm. He says he appears to have moved into a little everyday driver community. <laughs> and by that, he means of the 17 houses on his street, there's three Fiesta STs, two Focus STs, a Cayman, a Panamera, an Evo, two C7 Corvettes, <laughs> the latest gen Mazda MX-5, yes. and a random assortment of Audi and Mercedes wagons. Yes. He says, I know there's an SS hiding in one of these garages I'm actually somewhere. wondering where in the valley he is, because a part of me is wondering if he's living in the valley somewhere near one of the really good roads. Okay, possibly. You possibly. Because if you were yeah. in like La Cañada, you're at the base of the two. Yeah, that's, that it's, could it, be. That whole neighborhood but needs a fun car. to the valley... Uh, that that that's broad. That could be a lot that's of places. Broad, it could yeah. be you know he could be out in uh, Calabasas near parts of Mulholland and all that kind of stuff. Dude, there's sure. a lot. I'm just I'm wondering if you've moved. Now, granted, L.A. is car crazy anyway, but I'm wondering if you've moved to a part of L.A. that is in proximity <laughs> of one of the amazing roads, and everybody's like, "Well, I can have a fun car." So he needs a fun car to keep up with the neighbors, and he's asking, "Should he wear an everyday driver shirt?" And I think, why not? Let's have the whole neighborhood <laughs> listening. But yeah, oh, he's riding not one minivan to be seen anywhere. That's awesome. He's accidentally stumbled into a pre-planned everyday. Driver driver community you didn't know that we were doing community housing yeah, i wish that was a now. thing wish that was a thing we were getting money out there of but four yeah. car garages and the living space is about 900 square feet you're good right 1200 square feet of garage 900 square feet of living space welcome i don't see a problem that is funny he's wanting to know what the secret code is like the handshake or the secret password yeah what's going on here should i should I mumble cheap Phaetons? <laughs> is that whiskey I smell on your breath? Cheap Phaetons. Awesome. That's frightening. <laughs> so he actually has said that he has two cars right now. One is a 2012 Lexus IS350 F Sport. We actually are a fan of that car. He also has a 2010 A4 Avant that they mm. use for mammoth and uh, road trips and that kind of stuff, which, hey, that's, you're right. Those are two excellent cars, which means he's got that third garage space. We're in the race to fill it. <laughs> fill it with car before so fill it she with, fills it with stuff. Exactly. Which, which that, That's life. I get it. So we have a little oh, bit of man. budget here. We've got 35 to 40K to spend for third car. Can be pure fun car. This is great. 
if there were ever a way of crafting words so that you're sort of looking over the tops of your glasses at me, <laughs> he says, the 40K is firm, Paul. And I can just see you peering over the tops yes. of your eyeglasses looking at me saying, that's that. Well, and Simon is British. He's, yes. He's from Britain. So yes. that means it would be with a fantastic accent. Just to really drive <laughs> the point home. I cannot do. Yes. You should be able to, having lived there, but... I mean, now and then I can do it. Now it, and then it'll, it'll come out. Well, he's he's British. Yes, he said I, I'm English. Moved here in '09, and have never owned an American car due to years of Jeremy Clarkson telling us yeah. all they're all rubbish and they can't go around corners. Mm -hmm. But do that in a British accent; it sounds much better. They're all rubbish, all of them. See, they're all I rubbish. Told you. I knew can't it. go around corners. <laughs> terrible. There it is. All falling apart. There that's, it is. That's only about 50% what it should be, but there it is. So, yeah. Does it come out when you visit England? Does it No, it really doesn't. come back? Or, here, no. Here's the thing. I, I moved here when I moved back here. I, I lived in uh, England, actually. I lived in Surrey, not very far from where they shot Top Gear, actually. That's I lived so there for years later. six and a half years. Yeah, exactly. From when so I was like funny. three and a half to when I was 10. My sister was born there. So well, when I right. came that's back, right. my accent was so good that I could drop into it and no one knew that I wasn't from England. Hmm. And I used to do it as, for lack of a better way to put it, kind of as a party trick, as a fifth sure. grade. And then eventually you just lose it because you don't use it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I used to be really good at it, and now I'm kind of <laughs> bumbling along. But that's not the point. The point here is let's find a great car for Simon. And uh, there's a few here because we're we're shopping just for fun. I have a couple that are kind of obvious. <laughs> thinking of the neighborhood. And then the I agree with you. neighborhood's yeah. in my mind when we're yeah, shopping. Yeah, we need to put little here. everyday driver logos on all the little, <laughs> exactly. little mailboxes. It's perfect. Door to door. Yeah. No, we're not really trying to sell you anything. We're just we trying just to sell you. just want to put a sticker on your, yeah, anyway. More fun driving, really. Yeah, um, I've got a few that I feel like are obvious choices here. And then I do have a wild card that I'm pretty excited about. Are you? Because yeah. I've got a wild card as, card as well. Okay. And you all might know that Todd and I don't share our research and our not choices before not we begin all. the podcast. Nope. So this is well, this and since you fun. just got in from a flight, this is probably the least prep you and I have ever done for a podcast. Where it was just like, run, microphones, yeah, go, I'm, go, go. It's, yeah. it's late right now, and uh, that's okay. Yeah, day trip to San Diego will um, <clears throat> do that there to you. Yeah. So here we go. We're diving in, and yes, the choices we've got to start in Obviousville. Mm -hmm. I think you're near there, Simon. Cayman, as much Cayman as you can buy for forty grand. It's a lot of Cayman, though. That's a lot of nice Cayman. Yeah, absolutely. Cayman S, I'm thinking 2010, 2011. Yeah. Maybe even last gen, 2012, yeah. before things, you know. Possibly. You get a really, really nice one for that. I mean, yeah. of course, you could look, if we're going to go in the Porsche pool, you could probably get yourself a 997 for this as well. But I think we're, we're shopping for fun car only. So I say get the more focused chassis and go Cayman. I agree with that. That's true. That's true. I thought, all right, with 40K, an M3 might be calling your name, Simon. Maybe. Okay. But you could get a 1M for 40K, could you not? Or am I still Maybe. out of my you're, you're You're going to find the 1M that is like the highest mileage, the really the surprising highest. unicorn, that 40 yeah. grand 1M. Maybe, maybe. If you can, okay. great. But I don't know that that's going to be likely. That's, what's probably going to happen is that, that no more than 40 grand, Paul, is going to be blown <laughs> See. going to 45.50 for the 1M. Because you I can't stop say doing accents. 35 and 40 is firm because I see 40 and I add 5 grand. I know you do. And we're not talking about that here. I and know. at that point, you're I not know. actually shopping for 1M. I like the idea. And I actually think the M3 is too close to his Lexus. I realize it's a better dynamic car than the Lexus. But I think there's Agreed. some overlap there. Because we can, go, we can go just nuts here. That's what's so great. It is. And, and this is just, I, I mean, there's very little restrictions besides the budget. Mm -hmm. This is fun. Okay, so I thought of the Z4 Coupe. You and I recently drove this car. We're very intrigued by it. From 06 to 08, the Z4 yeah, yeah, yeah. Coupe. Wow. That's a lot of car. It is. I bet you you could go find one easy for 40. No, you can get them for like 20, a nice 25, 30. For 40, you've got a fantastic Yeah, that's, yeah, that's where absolutely. my head's at, yeah. of course. But the missing puzzle piece might mean you need to be the Lotus Elise guy in your neighborhood. Thank you. That, I mean, that, for forty I, grand, that's I looked a at the list. Really nice. Elise. I looked at the list, and there's no Elise in this neighborhood. I mean, to balance out the planned everyday driver mm -hmm. housing community, I agree. I think. I mean, look, 
your driveway needs the at least sitting there, and, and then everybody will be like, "Okay, now you're in the club. You got it. We didn't have you, to tell you. You want to know how to talk to your neighbors? Pull in on a Lotus Elise because I am having conversations I've never imagined with people. Just like, what is that car? So, Which is why whenever you say something weird happened to me today, yeah, that's why I always think it's you about think your car it has now. to do with the car because now two weeks in that that's happening a lot. That's very true. So something else mm-hmm. weird happened. But I got sprayed in the eyes by this stupid automatic car wash. <laughs> that's oh, not- were you in your Elise? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. No, but actually, you know what? Side note. Side note. <laughs> When I told that story, a couple of Elise owners that listened to the podcast sent me screen captures from the manual. Oh, yes. You told me about this. In the tell manual everybody. of the car, it uh-huh. says a bunch of what is honestly marketing BS speak to then say, because of the special way this car was made and the most advanced material, it's, it's marketing. Okay? Of course it is. But then it gets to... If you take this car through an automatic car wash, you have voided your warranty. Now, let me rewind that and say it again. (laughs) If you wash your car like most of the world washes your car, your warranty is now null and void. Now, my car has almost 60,000 miles. The warranty is already null and void. It doesn't matter. But just ponder that for a second. You're the average car owner. I'm grinning over here. The average car owner is not... Doing the CPO in the driveway hand wash, which I've now done without you, and it still worked out okay. But the I'm point is, that, but the, the point way. is, the average person is not that. You buy your Lotus Elise brand new. A weekend, you think I should get this washed. The average person takes it through, even if it's just the sprayers, some sort of automatic wash. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, according to the manual, you voided your warranty <laughs> for washing your car, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, thank but you to those of you that pointed car, that out. The irony of where it's built and the actual and the fact being, that they get you know driving rain. Yeah, who knew? But actually conceived. <laughs> But I agree. For, for Simon, I think the Lotus Elise is an instant conversation starter with the neighbors, and the car doesn't have to do anything but be fun, which is exactly the reason the Lotus Elise exists. I mean, that is the secret handshake. You want all 17 of your neighbors to show up at your door with pie. <laughs> Hi, we yeah. heard you're new. Yeah. Nice car. <laughs> Hi, we saw your Lotus, and we came to say hello. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so getting random here, 40K will also get you the cleanest Mazda RX-7 you can find. Yeah. This is not even my wild card that's yet. A, that's a street street cred car. But, yes, it but is. But I, I, I wonder about maintenance on it, but man, those are cool. But a 40K Mazda RX-7 so cool. would be cherry yeah, and beautiful be. yeah, and be great. practically new. Or buy one for 30 and hold on to some money on the side for it's going to need some stuff. Hold on to money. Explain this. I know. I know. I'm confusing you, but still, yeah. I don't get it. Okay. Finally, to my wild card. This has been a wild card before, and it's a lot okay. of fun to bring this up again. Okay. A $40,000 Acura NSX. Yeah. Dunsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I that, that a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I found a $31,000 NSX with okay. mm, high 80, 90,000 miles, somewhere in that range. So add ten grand to that, and you could find probably an NSX with, I don't know, 50,000, 60,000 miles on mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. driven lightly. Yeah. And... Go get yourself that car because mm-hmm. it's a car, as you said, it doesn't have to check any other boxes. Exactly. They've got the sedan. They've got the wagon. That's the, that's the best thing it, about this car to It just has to take up the space mm-hmm. before the boxes and the stuff fill the and space. And it has to be fun. It has to be fun. That's the, the whole end. purpose. I totally agree. NSX. Yes. you. Everything you've recommended, I'm a big fan of. I think those are all fantastic choices. I'm glad you brought up the Elise because I was going to mention it, of course. I'm glad you brought up the Cayman because that's obvious. I've got three others I want to bring up. Okay. All right. Brand new, you could get a Mazda MX-5 RF. Okay, okay. Get the RF. Now, he said he's not really into convertibles, but I think that's the exception <laughs> to the rule here. It's not really Because a the RF is awesome, and then if you decide you want to take your wife out in the convertible, you can drop the top. Awesome. But otherwise, it's a fantastic car. Mazda makes a Targa. Yes, seriously. Hey. But it's but it's electric. Uh, so that's perfect. So I, th- I really think you should go drive the RF because it is a – you might end up commuting in the RF. I'm just going to put it out there. The RF <laughs> is such an easy car to drive. Because you'll eyeball that car. and then you'll look at your wagon and think, hmm. Yeah. So I think you need to drive the, the MX-5 RF, the, the, the retractable fastback. I think you should definitely drive that car. But because he hasn't owned anything American, I have two. One I think is a genuine contender you must go drive, and the other is a wild card. That I'm very excited about. Okay. All right. The obvious contender, you want to get to know your neighbors, Simon, ask to drive one of their Corvettes. You need to drive the C7 Corvette. You need to seriously consider <laughs> You don't consider know me, but... Well, but... But hey, we're neighbors now. But seriously. <laughs> or or just, sugar? Or, or, or go on know. Turo and see if you can rent one for the weekend. Drive the C7 Corvette. The cool thing about that car, take it on a back road. 
it is a big American car, mm-hmm. which you haven't ever had, but that is a car that does get smaller when you push it. It just feels like it gets compact. It feels like it's shrink-wrapped while you drive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got that great American V8. Watch our original C7 review. We had the just the, just the C7 yeah. with the Z51 just... package. Nothing, nothing extra special. Yeah, it was kind of and right it was, when it came out. It was great. It was great. So definitely drive the C7 Corvette. But my wild card... Mm. You want an American car, maybe, if it can go around corners. I just thought, what is quintessential American is shockingly good in the corners in spite okay. of itself. Okay. Get you that American car experience. And I'm even thinking this, Simon. Buy this car and have it for a year and just take it on back roads in L.A. That's all you're going to do with it. You say you're probably not going to track okay. whatever you get. Okay. I'm really curious now. Camaro Z28. For 40 grand will get you one. What? 45 gets you options, but 40 grand will get you one. You're kidding me. Isn't that shocking? 305 tires on all four corners. You're talking pretty much the latest, well, it'd be the fifth it's not, gen. It's not this gen. It's the prior gen, yeah. but it's the Z28 all bells and whistles track animal. The one don't, we drove. Don't get the ridiculous one with no air conditioning, no stereo. Oh, Just yeah, get yeah, a yeah. real car, okay? The car for reality because you're not going to be tracking well, it all the time. Uh, is a Z28 a car no, for reality? No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're driving it in LA. You want air conditioning. You need a stereo. Yeah. You're fine. But my point is, that is just that. That is a, a quintessential American car. You can say to all your British friends, I, I, I bought a Camaro, which they're going to be shocked by. But let's be honest. The Z28's purpose is corners. Yeah, it is. It's got that I crazy huge V8 in the front. You get the V8 American experience, but its purpose for being is doing corners. <laughs> Isn't it seven liters of V8? It is. It's madness, yeah. So, so you get – Yeah. I'm honestly saying buy that car, have it a year because I don't hmm. think in a year it even drops that much. Forty grand. Mm-hmm. The owner who's, um, whose car we drove, I think – Paid over, paid markup. He like paid 80, 80 90? He paid eighty when they were listing at seventy-one. That wasn't that long ago. That was no a few years. No, no, no. Maybe two, three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm shocked. They're forty grand. Yeah, I mean, not common, but out there. That's the car. That's man. I just don't drive this anymore. It's pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. I got it new. It was fun while it lasted. I have to put new Pirellis on it. <laughs> Sell it to you for forty grand. Seriously. Well, but but here's the thing. That is the counterpoint to the Elise part of the argument. Because the Elise is the Elise is we just need a fun car, two seats just needs to be fun. Perfect. Yeah. The Elise is the tiny huh. little lightweight thing. I'm mulling but this the over. Other end of the spectrum, you want to go American, you want to go just needs to be fun. Do American cars do corners? The Z twenty eight does it 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 destroys corners. It does. And you're right. Don't have it with the mindset of, I'm going to have this as my no, prize. Just, just no. Z28. Enjoy the, the noise. V8 experience, the noise, the attitude, tires. the unbelievable corners on that car. <laughs> so, yeah. That's wow. my wild card, and I like it a lot, actually. So that's, hopefully, that's Simon, we've helped you somehow uh, let your neighbors know about the podcast if they aren't listening already. And if they are, well, hey, you know, we'll get shirts for your neighborhood. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> Well, Simon, thanks for writing in. Really hope that helps. And guys, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Fantasy football season is here, and we've got the best fantasy football podcast anywhere because we've got the best fantasy football analyst in Evan Silva from rotoworld.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Fantasy Feast podcast so you can hear me, Ross Tucker, get Evan's rankings and draft strategies to give you the edge you need this year. That's the Fantasy Feast podcast, available on the Podcast One app or wherever podcasts are found. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. On to the next for Mark up in Santa Cruz. He is your neighbor, Simon, so he's just to the north. <laughs> but he's and, not in that uh, neighborhood. He's not in the planned neighborhood. Well, he's not in yeah. the planned neighborhood, but those planned neighborhoods are, are coming to a community near you yes, soon. At the, the Everyday Driver Architectural plans are yes. underway. 
I yeah. <laughs> One bedroom shocking. studio, six car garage, everyday driver. Yeah, they're <laughs> I, terrible. It comes with a hot plate and a bathroom if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but this garage, you ought to see this garage. <laughs> <laughs> my garage is also my kitchen. I don't have a kitchen. kitchen. But that's not the point. I have a microwave. It's terrible. small. And a dorm fridge. <laughs> this is what this is what happens. This is what happens. Have you seen my tools? Seriously, this is what happens if your average college guy never had to worry about impress, impressing anyone and had money for cars. Mm-hmm. We'd all live in one bedrooms with a hot plate, a microwave, a bathroom, and six cars. That's what it would happen with a lift and uh-huh. air compressor. And I everything. have a wife and a son and a job, and none of that is my life. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway. All right, so Mark is up in Santa Cruz, as I said. He has also been watching the YouTube and uh, the channel and listening to the podcast. He just found our Vimeo channel, and mm-hmm. he said he's going to be streaming the epic 9-11 and M3 films. That is thank you. 50 years of the 9-11 and Icon. Yes, thank you so much. He's got the fun car covered. Mm-hmm. 2017 Ford Focus ST. Can't complain about that. So that's the daily fun. But he's actually looking for another car, and this is a rare category here. It's very, very odd. It, yeah. So a friend of his collects vintage Porsches. I like that. He asked, <laughs> he asked Mark to be his co-driver in this year's Targa California Rally. Yeah. They had a great time. And, of course, now Mark has the disease, and he wants to buy a vintage car of his own to participate in rally events like this in the future. And that Targa Rally is 1975 and older. That specific rally okay. is that age. So I actually thought about it. What could I get you that gets into that rally? Now, I know that's not the, the hard I didn't and go fast back requirement. That far. I just decided to chase that because he talked about that rally, and he talked about okay. how those old Porsches are out of his budget, which I thought was very interesting. They are. I Like I said, I didn't go back quite that far. I kind of hung out in the 80s, as a matter okay. of fact. Yeah, there's plenty of places you can still drive those, sure. So as I said, he's up in Central California. He's got fun roads. He loves the road rally rallies. But he said in here that drivers of slow cars like Porsche 356s will leave the rally early because they can't keep up with the faster cars. It makes sense. So he doesn't need the supercar thing, but he doesn't want to be in the leave early group with all the <laughs> bathtub Porsches, which we get. Yeah. All right. So he wants something small and nimble. And here he's not into American muscle cars. True. True. He'd like something with a roof. He's not into the convertible thing. Mm-hmm. Something visually interesting. So something with style, something to show off at Cars and Coffee. But his budget is limited. Yes. $15,000. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets interesting. And this is where you're completely out of air-cooled Porsches. <laughs> not going to happen. Unless yeah. it's somebody's complete barn find. There's something nesting in the engine block. That's the only Porsche you get out of 15K is the beginning yeah. of a good rebuild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what 15K will You're get you on the air. Right. Yeah, not going to happen. So, but he's also made up made the made the point here that um, uh, isn't this the one with the dog in the equation? Yes, there's a twist. Yeah, here. Frank, the golden retriever. <laughs> Frank. I can just see Frank. He's probably jumps out of his skin to see you, and he's the, probably the friendliest dog. Ever. And he's probably the golden retriever that you see sitting, and I do mean sitting, in the passenger side, looking out the front <laughs> like they think they're a person. I have a dog. I get it. Look, Just sitting there looking out the front like, hey, we're going on a road trip. Let's do it. So we have to have a, a car that might work for Frank, which means possible backseat if possible. Here's what got me thinking about the mid-'80s cars is because okay. he writes to us and says, I'd really like a 911 or an Alpha GTV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prices on both those cars are ridiculous, as you said. He's looking at 914s, no place for the dog. Mm-hmm. But he's got a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. We've never talked Carmen Ghia on true, here. True, true. MGB GT mm-hmm. and maybe a first-gen Toyota Celica GT. All of those are good ideas. If he had that, well, I guess, I guess you could get a 1975 Toyota Celica GT, couldn't you? I think and so. That would actually put you in that Targa. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, but those are. I like all three of those. I have one that I I kind of sniper shotting, but okay. I do like the three he brought up, and I'm very curious what you thought of. I went a little bit later, as I said, okay. and I thought of Toyota Mister Twos, and I thought, mm-hmm. eh, you nowhere like for the, the small dog, and nimble. almost nowhere for the person, but nowhere for the dog for <laughs> exactly. sure. Exactly, you are the dog hanging your tongue out the. You know it. You know, looking I, I the would roof. be. I'd have. I'd have the top half of my head out of the car for sure. I went to Z3 cars, BMW Z3s, and then Z3Ms. You were just you and Chance were mentioning to me that you found like thirty five hundred dollars Z3s. They are apparently the convertible you can get. They they are the the answer is not always me. Miata. That's what the Z, original Z3s That's are so now. Nuts. 
$3,500 gets you a Z3. I mean, I made the joke to chance. It was like, I started looking for a while, started going, there's so many of these. Do I need a Z3? And then I had to shake myself and get out of that because I kept thinking, <laughs> do I need one? Do I need to go? Hmm. Let's Z3. see. Milk, Who cereal. Knew? Z3. I need some apples. <laughs> I need to pick up a Z3. <laughs> Laundry. Anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the cars that I'm suggesting here, Mark, might put you out of this rally in particular. I apologize if they do, but I still think they're good GT cars and good for many rallies because you said comfortability mm-hmm. is a big factor here. True, true. So I started out with a Mercedes 560 SL from the mid-80s with a hardtop. Hmm. Okay. A nice big V8 in those cars. Yeah, yeah. Really comfortable, built like a you-know-what. They're yeah. really rock solid. Yeah. I kind of dug that idea. Mm-hmm. We've never talked mid-80s Mercedes. Fair, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. So, of course, that led me to the Porsche 944 Turbo. Agreed. Frank can hang out in the back there, mm-hmm. as he can in the Porsche 968. Yes. And most definitely a Porsche 928. Yep. And those are all still the genuinely affordable Porsches. They are. The problem is... They just started making them in 1979. Yeah. 1979. Model. I mean, that depends. On, so. I don't know that that. Well, there are 77s, I think. I don't know that that rally is a hard and fast rule for him, but I just decided to go, okay, if that's the rally we're targeting, let's go. But I agree with you. You're, you're into great stuff that works here for sure. The 928 is fun. It's not a small car, but it is nimble, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. A lot Transaxle. Of yeah, a lot of power. Even the early cars, they're mm-hmm. well-balanced. Yeah, for sure. The early cars might actually be more tempting because they are the non-interference engine. Ask me how I know. Mm, the timing belt issues on the 86 and a half cars and later meant if the timing belt stretches and the cog jumps a tooth, Ooh. the valves hit the pistons. Oh, that's where you're oh. going to the engine rebuild at that yeah. point. But the early cars did not have this. Hmm. If it slipped, they were at the non-interference engines. The valves would not hit the pistons Interesting. at all. Interesting. So you're fine. Okay. Not that that ever happened in a, to a huge degree, but that was the... You know, the IMS bearing of the, <laughs> you know, the 70s the original and the 80s IMS. or whatever. But that, that is, whatever. you bring up that point. There is that thing for any car you can love. Yes. There is that yes. random thing that is the known issue. It's Apparently, it's the alarm on the Elise, which has a complete <laughs> mind of its own. Yeah. Only if you spray it down with anything, right? You say that. I mean, the, if you go on to Lotus Talk, I'm going to have to actually I mean, stop trolling. Mist? I'm going to have to stop. on the street? <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> My British car got radar. The alarm freaked out. That's weird. I'm going to have to actually go on Lotus Talk, which I've been on a lot in the last few I weeks. I can't imagine And why. actually actually go, hi, guys, I'm here, because I have been trolling that quite a bit. But uh, but you're right. I mean, every car has that kind of thing. I love you found the IMS bearing for the 80s Porsches. <laughs> but but I do I do love it when you get in the, into the weeds on something like that. It's totally new ground for me. So that's cool. I mean, I spent time worrying about the timing belt. Is my tensioner the right tension and a, mm-hmm. you know, the health of your timing belt and all this stuff? Drive the car. <laughs> go drive the car. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, and then some newer cars here. And by newer, I mean eh, late 80s, early 90s. Sure, yeah. Mazda RX-8 mm-hmm. and your car, a Nissan 300ZX Turbo for fifteen grand. Yeah, you could find a good one. You, you could, could find, find a, a good really one. nice one. Frank the dog can hang out with you. There's plenty of space in the back. He can yeah. be in the seat next to you. Yeah. We that are, could be a great The turbos are not the 2 plus 2s. The 2 plus 2s were not offered turbo in the U.S. So okay, right. That right. is something to keep in mind. There, there was a... Two plus two, which I actually don't like the two plus two as much, just chassis wise. But the they did have a, a two odd. plus two with a turbo available in Japan and elsewhere. Did not come here. So if you find the two plus two, it will never be a turbo unless somebody's put that engine in it. Uh, so, but the two plus, pardon me, the, the standard two seat big hatchback turbo of that car. I seriously, if I had my ten car garage, I'd have another one of those. They're really cool. I think you would. I think really cool. I could almost name your ten car garage right now. Yes, that's frightening, but you probably could. There'd yeah, be, for sure. There'd be Evos, a one M, what yeah. else, an SS in there, possibly. Well, you gotta have the family car, right? We, yeah, we should do this for each other. We, we should, should. Like, we should try to figure out conclusion podcast. <laughs> like, I know you. Yeah. So here's what Paul's got. Yeah, that's funny. That's very funny. So where are you at on this? I mean, are you going all the way back past well, 1975? I, d- I decided like, to stay for 1975. Mustang to gas well, crisis but, era. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking here? You know what? I, I actually – look, I'm not a big Mustang fan. 
But every now and then I just see a Mustang and I can't help myself. I'm just like, that's a gorgeous car. Okay. But the one, besides the Mustang 2, which is just, it's just a rolling comedy. Besides that, the one Mustang that I've never connected with is the Mach 1. The 1970 Mach just 1. never connected with yeah. the Mach 1. Yeah. Last week, I should post this photo. Last week I was on Main Street Park City and a guy had a blue Mach 1. Okay. Okay, like a like a slightly light blue. Okay. And then all the stripes in the Mach 1 badging was in a really dark dark blue aftermarket wow. wheels probably was this cleanest, just randomly i went out to dinner there. kind of deal yeah, exactly just parked there uh one of the cleanest ones i've ever seen i have to say it's the first time i've ever just stopped and looked at a mach one and was like that looks awesome something about wow. i always see them somewhat run down and yellow with black and it just never has worked for me this one was fantastic anyway there's a random shout out to the mustang mach one but i decided <laughs> to stay before 1975 but the big thing that's interesting here and i like look i like your ideas carmen Ghia, the mgb uh, gt and i like the first gen toyota celica those are all cool mm-hmm. but i was trying to think of something that is you wanted hard top you wanted cars and coffee somewhat unique yeah, unique, yeah. cheap space for the dog fun to drive very classic. I'm doing one car. Oh. BMW 2002. Are you really? Why not? I had played around with that idea on here, but I just thought... I, I was thinking that in the category of the 356 cars and not being able to hang it's with not, look, it's everybody not fast. else. It's not fast, but it, but it, does, that was my every, concern. it does everything else. And here's the thing. It does. I'm sorry, but a Carmen Ghia and an MGB GT, these are not fast cars either. Those aren't going to hang. You know? So yeah. I, I, what, what's the deciding factor of when you're in the slow group? I don't have an answer for that. But that 2002... <laughs> when they go out of radio range is when... <laughs> exactly. But that 2002 is a genuine sedan. There's room for the dog. It's fun to drive. We've got yeah, a review of that coming up. The yes. one that we drove was bought for like five or six grand. Now, the guys put money into it. <laughs> it's a $15,000 2002. Well, but, but here's the thing. With, with $15,000, you can find one that's already running. You probably mm-hmm. have to do some stuff to it. You can probably find it for less than fifteen dollars I'm staying BMW 2002. Are you? I, that's, that's my single shot on this because he doesn't want big American muscle, and he wants hard top. Yeah. And the thing that I kept yeah. running into is that if you, if you go into light older cars very often, they're only two seats and they're convertible. Mm-hmm. The light old stuff. And I thought, wait a minute, 2002, four seats, hard top, tiny, done. I dig it. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this car. Yeah, they're cool. I, mean, I think it's cool for for this for sure. Get get the yeah, get a nicer one. Well, then you're spending a bunch of money if you got like a 1974 TII or something like well, that. Well, you get the TIIs are more, but but you know, and I don't know that these has money for that, but but the $15,000, you will have some options on 2002s. That would be cool. You That'd can be a dig into the form. The guys that like those love those. Yeah. So they will have all kinds of information for everything you can do to it. So and maintenance I, and yeah, here's what sure. to do and for here's sure. a cheap and there'll fix be stuff and, there'll be stuff yeah. it'll need. Yeah. But I'm not talking chase the nice TII. I'm just talking get one and you you've got the budget for it all day long. Man, well uh <laughs> lots of good choices Mark. Thank you again for writing in. If you've, if you've got your own car debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail mm-hmm. or find us on the website and you can email us directly There's off of there just as a yeah. contact fill that out. And we get that. That populates to the same email address, so both Todd and I can read those. And we do read and them that's all. that's a great place, yeah, to send your debate. So if you've got a lengthy email and you want to, you know, kind of, hey, I've got the story. That here's the background. Here's where I'm at. Sure. You know, my life story, not all the well, cars you've ever owned in your life, maybe. We don't, we don't need all of that. But, <laughs> but, but you're bringing up a good point because this is a, a confusion point that happens sometimes mm-hmm. on questions on social media. When we ask for questions yeah. on social media, we are, at, we are not asking for car debates. I know that sounds weird, but we're just trying to keep the it, funnels it going different places. It, it can so, definitely be yeah, confusing. So, yeah, if you have a car debate, hey, what car do I yeah. get? Unless it's a really quick either or, sometimes those are fun for questions. People are like, okay, guys, this or this. Just here's a quick okay. shot. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah. But an actual car debate, please send those to either the email address. Again, that's everydaydrivertv at gmail or through the website, everydaydriver.com. So many questions tonight. Um, I wanted to start with Tyler Hill off of Facebook. Okay, all right. He's asked this question a couple times. He's, he's congratulated me on the Lotus. Thank you. I'm loving it. <laughs> but he said, all right, all right. You've now, I've now bought a car that is a dream car. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the reality of it. Not dreaming about it. I'm in the reality of it. Yes, he's saying, okay. <laughs> the car wash reality. <laughs> and many other things. He's <laughs> saying, Tyler has wanted an E46 M3 for more than a decade. 
And he's at the place where it's just, it's been his lingering dream car. I can relate, Tyler. That's the Lotus for me. It's been his lingering dream car. He thinks he's ready to take the plunge. And he thinks he's ready also to just accept the fact that it's going to need stuff. It's mm-hmm. just going to cost money to yeah. own. Yeah. So he's asking me, as someone that is just now kind of realizing something I've hoped for, has it been worth it? <laughs> After and, all this. Mm-hmm. And I come back to yeah. what, what Chance said on the drive this weekend, where he was like, I get it. But I don't want to daily it. I'm enjoying dailying the car. I genuinely. I'm so am. glad to hear that. I genuinely am. But but Tyler, no real I weather this. has come our way yet. No real storms. But it's, but it's or, not, yeah, but it's not going to be my winter car. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, like not, it, it has been a lovely summer. And, it has. It has. You yeah. know. But but Tyler, I will say this: you you just have to make sure you're in the headspace of it's two things. Make sure you're in the headspace of. This will require some sacrifice, and I'm okay with that, which is exactly me with the Lotus. I know what it's not. I know everything it's not. So if I'm driving down the freeway and it's loud and my ears hurt, okay, okay. That's just not what it does well because I know the things it does well, and I seek out opportunities for the car to shine. Mm -hmm. I seek out those back roads. I seek out a fun drive because that reminds me why the car is kind of like nothing else. I can see that. The other thing okay. I will say to you, Tyler, that Paul and I talked about at length before I bought this Lotus. We, and we, you guys weren't in, in on the conversation, but we talked about this a lot. I'd been talking about having a Lotus Elise as a daily car for so long <laughs> that we both came to the conclusion I needed to just do it. I well, needed to yeah. actually yeah, yeah. try it. If this car has been in your brain for so long, Tyler, I think you need to take the leap just so you can say, I've done it. Maybe six months from now, you just go... That was a mistake. I can't afford this car. But now you can say, this was my actual experience with it. Yeah. And that was our decision. Honestly, Paul and I talking about it at length about what should I get. We kind of collectively agreed, I should get a Lotus, not only so we could cover it with you guys, but just so I could actually say, forget me recommending it from afar. Yeah. I've driven it. And if I decided in six months, done, I've still driven it, owned it, driven it daily, I can talk about, should I recommend a Lotus Elise or not? And mm-hmm. and you, Paul, would have much more proximity to one to have all of that experience as well. So I yeah, think if you've yeah. lingered this long, Tyler, dreamed this long, go own it, see what the reality is, and give yourself the freedom to keep it or drop it. Hmm. No, I I like that advice. And I like that you're living this out now. You are truly I'm there. I'm trying. And that was much of the conversation because you and I talked about a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. that the Elise was not a part of that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was not a foregone conclusion really from wasn't. the get-go. In spite of the fact that it looks like it, it's, it really wasn't. It sounds funny, but it wasn't, you know, okay, so we're just going to do the obvious, mm-hmm. right? You're, yeah. you're going to do it. Well, we talked about a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and it was healthy to talk it through. For sure. For sure. But then, yeah, that's where you're at. And you're right. Maybe it becomes, you know what? This just needs to be relegated to the fun track car, mm-hmm. and I just I need something different the mm-hmm. needs of change the mm-hmm. whatever who yeah. knows but uh but i like that i i'm i think it's spot on advice well there's also something on facebook here that i want to touch on that relates to my recent trips my recent travels here that continue as i, I mentioned tay terrell is asking about designers and engineers who are auto enthusiasts how do they design these mundane appliance cars <laughs> of the world he's he thinks it would be hard for them to turn off the passion and while you and I didn't get to go to Pebble Beach, the Monterey Car Week this year, true, I definitely, true. I'm really itching after seeing everything. Yeah. I've been there. I mean, you and I have been a few times. Yeah. I was there, gosh, 12 years in a row, I think. It's and, a fire hose of cars. Oh, my gosh. It's I, unbelievable. I'm just thinking about, you know, scrolling through photos and looking at all the concepts and, you know, Lamborghini overload and all this stuff. Yeah. There's so yeah. much to the car industry. There's mm-hmm. just so much to it from racing to the people that design them and build them Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. on and on and on. I mean, to concepts and to people who don't like cars and now Uber and Lyft and autonomy. It just, it's splintering like crazy right now. That's a great point. It just, it touches everybody in some way, Mm -hmm. all over the planet. Mm -hmm. And here, Tay is asking about designers and engineers. You're assuming that they're car passionate people. I'm I'm yeah. talking from a you know on the sales side for for software or goods and services or whatever that is. There mm-hmm. might be car passionate people there, but within the studios, you're assuming that every single person working there loves cars, and you're assuming incorrectly. Really, and this is a shock to me. Really, because some of the people there, it's a job. Hmm. It's their job. It's what they do. 
they're not into it. It's the same question about what do celebrity chefs go home and make themselves for dinner? <laughs> what do they yeah. eat? Yeah, they yeah. call Domino's? Like, you know what? Screw it. I'm giving in. <laughs> Microwave mac and cheese. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm giving in. I don't care anymore. Ramen. Doctors who smoke like chimneys. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. On and on and on. Sure. So it's pretty fascinating to come across various people. I'm not saying across the board, but mm. guys who are just surfacers. They're digital artists. Interesting what they point. do. They have a talent for digital surfacing, and they wound up I, in the car industry. I'm not really into driving racing. I don't know what the new models point. from BMW are, and yeah. I don't really care. Mm. And, you know, this is what I do. It pays well, or maybe, you know, I'd like it to pay more. I'm trying to shoot up the ladder, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just really fascinating to me. Yeah, and it, it just it surprises me being as passionate as I am. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. when people comment and say, Man, after that presentation or that thing you were talking about, I just I heard so much passion in your voice about cars. And I'm thinking, What yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello. I, Hi. Hi, my name's Paul. <laughs> I like cars. <laughs> you know, I I I think we'll isn't that inherent in everything that we're doing in this industry? And you would think. You know, I get to meet, you know, the the guys who are conceiving, you know, Lucid Motors and Faraday and all these mm. companies. And it's really fascinating to me. And, and tech intertwined with the passion for cars. Yeah. And then I see this Infinity Project 9 and the, the design brief that started it from mm. a mm. pretend that the brand was lost and barn found. And what would the elements of that be in a modern yeah. Yeah, race yeah. car that doesn't have to do anything, but it's a, it's a passionate design mm -hmm. and it's resetting the image for infinity what does it's that just car look like yeah that you have to yeah, have yeah, passion yeah. to go you design. absolutely do you absolutely but do. there's an intertwining of well how is that made and what about generative design and what about industrial additives and mm. you know 3d printing metals and shapes that wow you couldn't before wow. actually achieve with traditional fabrication sure sure, and sure because designers are thinking this way well i can't sketch that cool shape because how do you make that? Mm. It'd be too expensive to mill, and you can't make it with within a cost parameter. So therefore, I've turned it's into gone. an artist. I'm, I've made a paperweight. Sure, sure. Versus being a designer, making copies of things yeah, that are. We have to be able to think about the engineering, you know, of all it. those kinds of things. So I could go on, hmm. but yes, you could. But it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's their job, mm -hmm. but they still have to bring a passion to this, even if they're super passionate, and you get stuck with redesign the base Lancer. Yuck. Yeah. But they they try to do their best with the, the design brief that they've got. And that's why you'll find quirky, interesting details on even the least expensive cars. Sure. Sure. Why does yacht design have to be the pinnacle of design? Why can't a $2 toothbrush be mm -hmm. super creative and intelligent and super well thought out and surprise and delight and all those things yeah. that designers look for. Why can't well, inexpensive objects? You you bring it up, too. though. I mean, this this com comes almost full circle to that designer you know that just got the brief to redo the Camry. And now the Camry yes. is this weird, aggressive, swoopy thing. Yes. But that's an attempt to add some passion into the Camry design. So there's mm -hmm. there's attempts at it. But then you also have the guys, like what – I forget what it's called. It's like the MV something. There's that weird box van that that Nissan makes. That has the two tall roof. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah. That that car works from no angle. It works <laughs> from no angle. But yet, what is it? It's designed to be a, a box van. It needs to be that. That's so the it's design not, brief. It's We're just this is your this job. Market. Please design this. This needs to be a box van. Go. Yeah. To guys like Billy Johnson, who are, you know, they're giving their feedback about how this car should match the handling and the, the <laughs> way it drives matching how it looks and the perception of the car handling it's a box fan it moves forward it turns quarters <laughs> slowly yeah all those things it just it blew me away again just mm, thinking about mm. all these elements here we're recommending cars for budgets and yeah. on and on the the you know repair industry and sure, the insurance yeah, yeah. industry and peripherals tires and oil and all this stuff cars are so intertwined i'm i'm gonna blow my head off you're off in the, with, you're off the weeds thoughts. but i like it you're I'm, off in the weeds i'm way out there but it's good it was just exciting to think about and for sure uh, for sure i i um mull these things often let's put it that do. way i know you do uh dan o'brien asked on facebook uh, what are our thoughts on front-facing car seats in a two-seater a couple of things on this real quick first off essentially laws can't require you to buy a four-seat car or a car with a back seat because you decided to procreate <laughs> there is this perception that having a two-seat car and children is illegal. It's not illegal. It's just they'd rather you had them in the back seat. The problem, though, is with the front-facing car seat is that those and airbags are not friends. 
Kids in car seats and airbags are not friends. So what you have to do here, Dan, is you have to – and I'm a huge believer. My seven-year-old son's loving riding in the Lotus. I'm a huge believer in uh, your child in a two-seat car. But what you really want to look for is a passenger airbag you can turn off. Or alternatively, a seat. Most modern ones will. Most do. Most do. Alternatively, a seat where – and some of them are are like this. The FRS was like this, for example – where the child seat actually hits the bolsters in such a way that it actually isn't touching the base of the seat, but it's still locked in, or it isn't giving enough pressure to the base of the seat to mm-hmm. register as a person. Mm-hmm. That's the other way around it. But ultimately, you want a passenger side airbag that you can turn off. If you have that, done. The only real question for this is when they're still in a front-facing car seat, you do not want that airbag to ever need to fire. So if you can solve that, done. Hmm. Switching over to Instagram real quick from Jimmy Hibbs, 1977, is asking us, as a petrol head, what is the longest you think you should keep a car to move on to a new experience, mm-hmm. keep the car until you fall out of love? But then you go on to say about your very low mileage 2013 BMW 1 Series that you've had for two years. You're not bored yet, but you're starting to think about new experiences. Well, then you've answered your question. That is the time. As soon as you're yeah. starting to think about, you know, I've loved it. I I still enjoy it but huh i mean there's a difference between us scrolling through ads which we do constantly and yeah. ooh, we, I we never do that, stop looking. and then yeah. you know all that kind of stuff we're playing with imaginary budgets in our head mm-hmm. there's the genuine you know what i'm kind of feeling ready as soon as you start to feel that that's the time when you should genuinely start looking yeah. because from there it could take two three four months to it actually could, pull the sure. trigger on something and then sure. make the leap but uh, yeah I'd, I'd say why not you kind of identified that mm-hmm. area other times, you might love that car for 10 years. Yeah. Say, I don't need – I'm good. Yeah. We're good. But but as you and I have talked about before, we've talked about it up one side and down the other. It, it's happened to both of us. And I want to say it here again, Jimmy. You don't have to dislike your car to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing Such wrong with selling mindset. a car that you still love. Yeah. If you want a new experience out of it. Paul's right in that you just kind of got to gauge it yourself. And there is that difference because you're right. I pretty much got the Lotus home and was on looking at other cars just for the heck of it. Not because I wasn't <laughs> thrilled I drove the Lotus home. I was thrilled I had it. But I just can't stop. It's a disease. So funny. Okay. But that's different. There is a looking level that is different than – okay. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a terrible example. You're in a relationship with someone. You have okay. no interest in getting out of a relationship with that person, but you still notice that really attractive person walking across the restaurant. <laughs> That's different than I'm going to dump you and go over there. That's right. very different. Right. I think we're done, honey. Yeah. And – Go follow so, them out the door. So that's yeah. that's fine. If you if you get to the place, that's the thing that's great about cars is you can dump a car and go with a new car, and there's not the fallout of the relationship problem. <laughs> this is the place that you could jump from person to person. Okay, Divorce lawyers for all cars? about cars. Yeah, terrible. But so you They're still love your car. car salespeople. Seriously, you still love your car. That's fine. But you've gotten to a place where you're like, yeah, I could move on. Okay, great, move on. Mm-hmm. No, I like that too. Uh, all right, what else here? What else caught your eye? Uh, let's see. I want to talk to this real quickly, Jordan. Uh, on Facebook, he wrote in and we said, we recommend the CX-5 a lot. Mm-hmm. We don't recommend the CX-3 much. Is it not as good, et cetera? Here's the reason I don't bring it up, Jordan. I don't have a problem with it. I'm, dynamically, it's fine. Mazda does really good things. The CX-3 is actually cool looking. My problem with it is at that size, I don't know why you got an SUV. <laughs> it's smaller than the CX-5. Yeah, the CX-5 sure. to me is as small as anything claiming to be an SUV, CUV should ever get. Beyond that, we're talking about just jacked up hatchbacks, honestly. So I, I don't recommend the CX-3 because at that point, I'm just thinking, why are we even talking anything that's labeled as a CUV uh, SUV? It's just not. At that size. It's a hatchback now. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just hard for me to think in those terms. I mean, that, that's the struggle that we had with the – we liked it. But the GLA, not really an SUV. It's a hatchback. Yeah, not, not so much. Well, there's a question on here from Christoph on Instagram. I touched on it briefly at the beginning of the podcast, Christoph, and I think you probably picked up on that about, uh, you know, people, you know, me kind of judging other drivers' actions Mm -hmm. because, and you said, because more driving knowledge or habits, I can tell both Todd and I can sense the comfortability when we're riding with people about your comfort level with tires or coming into a corner and Mm -hmm. all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. And that just comes with time. I, I can't say I was like that when... You know, sure, and sure. we're no race drivers. That's not at not all. What we're not at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just come over a period of driving on track and getting used to that mm-hmm. and building up levels and, you know, kind of breaking mm-hmm. through. Okay. I, you know, I'm now comfortable with that speed or comfortable with, you know, 
turning in that hard and mm-hmm. trusting tires and that kind of stuff. So yes, but you know, you're talking about road rules, passing for driving. And I've, you know, both Todd and I are kind of adamant and, and hard on ourselves for really being good about the road rules and not being lazy drivers, not using our turn signals, all that kind of stuff. Trying to be, yeah. And, you know, you could say it in judging, but I guess we're just pushing ourselves to just, you know, do better all the time, mm-hmm. you know, be crisp and precise and purposeful when driving rather than just, Hopefully. you know, lazy drivers, because that's when things happen. I will tell you the one that, that really bugs me now. Didn't used to bug me. Now bugs me like crazy. Okay. When I'm riding with someone and they only have one hand on the wheel. I'm with you. I'm with it just, you. It, it, it makes me, it makes me uncomfortable. Cause you're feeling when you're riding with them, you mean, you mm-hmm. feel like they're not in control of the car. I just feel like, I, I, and, I, and I resist the urge to say, could you put both hands on the wheel? I, I resist it. <laughs> Discarding clumps of upholstery Seriously, over there while you're Seriously, it's, it's very hard for me. Lip. But that's the thing that I've, that I've realized over time bugs me more than anything. Is somebody that's mm-hmm. dri- especially if you're driving with someone who is in a situation where, they, where they're driving hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Tracks, just... back roads, anything like that. My, my, in that case, I don't think you're out of place to say, you know what? Well, we're going pretty hot here. Would you mind? Well, but here's the thing. My, my wife... We were driving this weekend. Mm-hmm. We were in the Lotus at one point, mm-hmm. and and she did no. Actually, we weren't. We were in Chance and Mandy's uh, Boxster. Okay, and uh, she did two shifts. Kept her hand on the stick, and I was like, you know what? No, yeah. Shift hand on the wheel. Shift hand on the wheel. Use it. Get rid of it. Just because yeah. you don't. There's no reason. It's not. It's not. You've you've made the comment before. It's not. It's not a hand rest. It's not. It's hands on the wheel. It doesn't help you steer the car. Not at all. Not at you all. Need and to we use were on it, a, shift gears and move on. We were on a fantastic mountain road. And I'm not saying you know, tons of people have driven fine for years in all kinds of scenarios on back roads. have never put two hands on the wheel. Fine. It's just better. It is. I agree. I'm with you. I, I'm glad you're saying that again. So, um, yeah, there was uh, something else here on, uh, on uh, Facebook. Oh, does Paul allow Todd to eat in his Porsche? Don <laughs> wrote in Don S. Yeah. Uh, I don't allow anybody to eat in my Porsche. Yes. It's not just Todd. This it's is true. The, it's the world. It's a general rule. <laughs> and it's be no not eating. because I look. It's because that just means extra cleanup from me. <laughs> I don't mind dirt. I really yeah. dirt can be cleaned. Mm-hmm. Grease can be cleaned. That's fine. Damage and you know just yeah. you know wear and tear for just you know you're not paying attention or that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that bugs me. But you know, Cheeto dust and <laughs> come on, dude, yeah. that just that's yeah. just extra work. Seriously. I have to go chasing you know garbage wrappers yeah. and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. So water, you're good, but don't ask me to eat you know spaghetti and meatballs or French fries or <laughs> I, I've Don, even Don, mixed nuts. I've, I've eaten a few things in in the Cayman, but I have to be very careful. It's it's literally things like water and an apple wrapped in a paper towel. These are the kind of mm. this is how hardcore we've With gotten an oat in a portion. Bag hanging but you've asked, but there. you've asked. The opposite question, which is now that I have the Lotus that I'm excited about, I'm letting people eat in that. I'm fine with it, but I'll give you a great example. My son, I'm having to kind of retrain him for how to eat and drink in the Lotus because there's nowhere to put anything when you're done with it. <laughs> there's nowhere. There's there's no cup holders. And, and he has Man, a new car seat. Lotus, he's a litter bug. <laughs> done with this. Exactly. Well, but, see, but, but here's the thing. His old car seat that he's had. Had a little cup holder for him on the side of the car seat. He has a smaller car seat now. It doesn't have one. <laughs> it's half the width. It's exactly. So, the so there's just – that's the thing that we've had to have conversations about. I have no problem with him eating and drinking stuff in the car, but he has to figure out, okay, you're going to have to hang on to that when you're done. You just oh, got to hold it. Most of the interior of your car is just bare aluminum. Exactly. So you can kind of hose your car it, out. To some degree, yes. But that's the big discussion we're having now is just the fact of, sure, buddy, you can have that. But when you're done with it, you're hanging on to the trash because there's nowhere to put it. How's he wrapping his little mind around that he's, one? He's doing okay. He's doing okay. Okay. By and large, he's doing all right with it. But it is it is a new thing. I'm just like, yes, you can have that. But keep in mind, there's nowhere to put it, buddy. So you'll be carrying it until we get somewhere we can stop. It's kind of funny. <laughs> well, you and I have a lot of track driving coming up. The, uh, the 24 Hours of Lemons is coming at us. Yeah. We've got pilgrimage coming our way. We've For got sure. lots of shooting For through sure. the end of the year, through mm-hmm. the end of the calendar year, 2017. We're busy. So we have... 
really not settled on a feature length film this year. That's true. We're really gearing up for a season two on velocity. Mm -hmm. So all of our effort and mindset is directed towards shooting for TV that will eventually make its way to YouTube. It will. But Tom continues to produce excellent work for us, so more stuff from Tom is coming your way. Well, then we have plenty of Fast Blast and actually four web comparisons yeah. that are coming out as yeah. well. That, all the YouTube stuff still happening, like stuff for YouTube is still happening from us, and then there's the TV stuff. <laughs> In addition. and So uh, we're probably not going to do a feature just because of sheer yeah. volume of work. And I wanted Todd to actually have holidays and not be super stressed. So there is that as well. We're yeah. tabling <laughs> the uh, the feature length film for this year. Probably, yeah. Doesn't mean there won't be more, but this is true. And it doesn't mean we've run out of ideas. No, no there's there's our, our quite ideas a few would really consume us. To do. Sure, and then sure. we think, okay, how can we pull that up? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're, what kind of time are we going to find to do that? Did we get a thirty six hour day? We can yeah. improve for that because I need that. Yeah, <laughs> we've never run out of ideas, which is pretty funny and sad at the same time because we can't execute. All the ideas that we it's have. just run out of money and time, you know, just ah, like the problem with the garage. I guess so. I love the hot plate, a microwave, one <laughs> glass, one spoon, one dish, six car garage, six car garage. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for following along. Really, really appreciate it. Again, if you've got your own debate, write to us at the email or find us at everydaydriver.com dot com mm-hmm. and find the contact page there. And thank you guys for the social media questions. It really keeps things fresh and interesting and. Love to hear what's on your mind. So thank you guys so much and uh, looking forward to next time. Cheers. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.